This is the news. Yeah, so we are going to have a chat, basically, about a news article that was published yesterday. Um, I don't know if any of you saw, but on our social media, we did a post about it last night. Shall I read the post? Yeah, should we? How do you want to do it? Should we read the article first, or the post, or no? Let's let's read the post mm-hmm. and then um, maybe take some sections from the article rather than yeah. read the whole article. Okay. So the post that happened yesterday by the Italian Times Project was: everyone in this world has amazing individual qualities, should be treated equally, should be listened to, is different, is beautiful has a contribution to make and, in an inclusive environment, um, will make it and be valued for doing so. So, there was an article in The Guardian, which I'll link to in a moment, um, and what we're thinking about, or encouraging people to talk about, is what does it say about the accepted values of our society? Who has the right to decide that one life is more valuable than another? Um, that the life of a person who happens to have a learning disability isn't worth fighting, a learning disability label, sorry, isn't worth fighting for. Um, and we'd like to say we're shocked by the article, um, but not surprised. Um, so what we're encouraging is a transparent debate, um, and we want to be a part of it. So we linked it to uh, BBC Spotlight, BBC Radio Devon, um, Heart FM, um, the Department of Health and Social Care, and The Guardian as well, so The Guardian newspaper. So quite a few things. Um, the reason that we linked it to the Guardian newspaper is because that's where we saw the article. So this, the, so this is the headline. The article was from the Guardian, um, and the headline is "Fury at Do Not Resuscitate Notices Given to pa- COVID Patients with Learning Disabilities." So, does, do, do people know what "Do Not Resuscitate" oh. means? No. Not. Okay. Do you know yeah. what "Do Not Resuscitate" yeah. means? Yeah. yeah. It means. Don't like help them uh, get their heartbeat going again. Yeah. So it, it means do not resuscitate. Means that yeah. if someone dies, that they they don't bring yeah. them back. They just leave them leave or them to die. Most likely, it would be near death. Yeah. So yeah. do not resuscitate is normally something you choose yourself. Um, so if I, for example, fell really ill and I thought I was going to come back and not be the same person. I might have already chosen to not be resuscitated. So, instead of people choosing to have a do not resuscitate order, other people are choosing for them, and it might not be something that they actively want, so they don't get a say in it. Yeah. Um, So essentially, so it goes on to say then, um, that Mencat, the charity said it received reports in January um, from people with learning disabilities that they that they have been told they would not be resuscitated if they were taken ill with COVID nineteen. So, but is it specific learning disabilities? That's the thing. 
I don't know. I don't know if that's... It? Uh, I think what the article was talking about was about how carers can not listen uh, and also how people can be misunderstood and uh, misinterpreted by professionals just essentially by not listening. So instead of people saying this person isn't worth their life, let's not resuscitate them, what they're doing is not understanding what someone would want or not interpreting what someone says accurately. Shall I read the article? So people with learning disabilities have been given do not resuscitate orders during the second wave of the pandemic. In spite of widespread condemnation of the practice last year and an urgent investigation by Care Watchdog. Mencap, as in the big charity, said it had received reports in January from people with learning disabilities that, had been, that they had been told they would not be resuscitated if they were taken ill with COVID-19. The Care Quality Commission, so CQC, so the people that regulate all care homes um, uh, and care in the home, um, said in December that inappropriate do not attempt, oh gosh, but I mean cardiopulmonary resuscitation notices had caused potentially avoidable deaths last year. So those notices are usually made for people who are too frail to benefit from CPR, but MenCap said some seem to have been issued for people simply because they have a learning disability. The CQC is due to publish a report on the practice within the coming weeks. The disclosure comes as campaigners put growing pressure on ministers to reconsider a decision not to give people with learning disability priority for vaccinations. There is growing evidence that even those with a mild disability are more likely to die if they contract coronavirus. So this isn't because it's more deadly to some people than others, this is because of how it's being managed. Although some people with learning disabilities, such as Down syndrome, were in one of four groups set by the Joint Committee on Vaccination and Immunisation, which the government promised would be offered the vaccine by tomorrow, so that's now today, many were, by today I mean the 16th, many were classified lower categories of need and are still waiting. NHS figures released last week show that in five weeks since the third lockdown began, COVID-19 accounted for 65% of deaths of people with learning disabilities. So that's for every 10 people that died, over six of them are dying because of COVID. Man. Yes. Mm. Figures from the Office of National Statistics show that the rate of general population was 39%. So for everyone else, it's four in 10. Although the two statistics are drawn from different measurements. So they might not be entirely comparable. Younger people with learning disabilities aged 18 to 34 are 30 times more likely to die of COVID than others the same age. That's pretty crazy, isn't it? Does that add up? That means me then. Yay. I'm going to be more careful. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Um, All right. I was being careful already. (laughs) Well, how does that make you feel, that statistic then? Mad and scared. I'm worried that actually I was like I was like I didn't know anything about this and I was like oh if I get COVID I'll just be like up for people but now I'm hearing it it sounds like I'm gonna be dead are you any less healthy than me? no 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 I the interesting thing is though 
I think in some ways, like if you got really, if it's for for like older people, they say they don't want to be resuscitated anymore because they're old. If you got like a really, 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 really bad like illness or something, I think that's different. But like just saying any disability any disability at all like that's mad but like if it was like one like that was killing you and you got covid i don't know so i, I won't care i'm reading the article i just picked little bits from it so part of what it says is so you're not actually any more no. likely to die than i am ah oh, few um but what it's in terms of like health and stuff mm. But it's in terms of accessing treatment, accessing vaccinations, uh, and being listened to. Um, yeah. I think. I mean, you're, you're quite lucky because mm. you've got parents. When you've got you, you use conventional speech. Mm. Yeah. Um, you're fit and healthy. Yeah. Think um, there, that's the and part of what it says here is about lack of um, badgering, Fine. and it actually uses the term badgering because people are asking for vaccinations, and then not getting them. So Rebecca, like you, for example. You didn't get yours immediately. Yeah, didn't get it straight away because of other problems. And if what my first vaccine? Yeah, tell us about your vaccine, Rebecca, if you don't mind. Did you did you get it when you wanted it? Did you get okay. it straight away? So I think you, you, they, they, they missed you out, didn't they, to begin with? And then they changed the doctor yes, that needed to did. provide it as well, didn't they? Yeah. So I think it took three attempts. Yes, I did. Yeah. So do you think... So... If, if, if yeah. um, your mum hadn't hassled them, do you think you would have got it? Or do you think you would have been forgotten? Probably forgotten. Yeah. yeah. So that's the kind of reason why the, the, there's more risks for people with learning disability and autism labels, is because, well, at least that's what The Guardian's saying and the BBC are saying, is because as a group of people, um, you, 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 you badger people less and are more used to being disappointed and let down maybe as well, um, which is sad. Because, yeah, thinking of like people who live on their own, with, who have learning difficulties like some of those won't be able to talk to their doctors unless like their doctors are really good but what like they're effectively supported yeah, but not everyone has that no. definitely oh, like probably yeah. places up north where it's a lot poorer but then I heard there are in some way um, other countries the worst it's like when my dad um, he was working in Romania and that was awful like really awful like they don't help people with learning disabilities at all mm. they just let them I guess to die so one of the paragraphs in this says um, a, a spokesman from the Department of Health and Social Care said 
It is completely unacceptable for do not attempt CPR decisions to be applied in a blanket fashion to any group of people. This has never been policy and we have taken action to prevent this from happening. So my question is, if you do have a blanket, do not attempt CPR, is that genocide? What do you mean? Genocide is killing people, isn't it? Yeah. Genocide, the definition of genocide. The deliberate killing of a large number of people from a particular nation or ethnic group with the aim of destroying that nation or group. So if you're to blanket, have a do not resuscitate on people with learning disability or autism labels, is that a form of genocide? Yeah. Yeah. And our country shouldn't do that, but sadly... No country should do that. I know no country (laughs) should, but sadly some do. Sadly. Yeah. Let's talk about that. Yeah, like I say, whether it's a, a, an issue of neglect, I suppose, isn't oh, it? Oh, massive. Mm. Yeah. yeah. Whether, whether it's just neglect or... Because the genocide would, like, imply a bit more of a pre-thought-out Murder. thing, wouldn't it? Well, if you've written off an entire group Maybe. of people... Then yeah. that is genocide, and... Yeah. But what they're saying is that's not what they've done. What they're... Yeah. What, 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 although that is, I, in my opinion, what I've taken from the article, what, what it's saying... Hmm. Um, I think it's encouraging the Department of Health um, and the NHS to defend what's happening and to ask CQC why it isn't being regulated and managed and monitored more effectively, I think. Hmm. But yeah, I'd call that a genocide if that's mm. what was happening. Mm. Yeah. If it did happen, yeah. hopefully it won't. Well, what it's mm. arguing is it is. Mm. I think intentionally or not I mean the the intentional Mm. bit might be what stops it from being a genocide because it's unintentional in which case it is just neglect yeah but if if that's in plan and that's what's being talked about I think it is genocide because people are talking about it of having it there and it's like has people really put through about what the repercussions could be yeah it's interesting statistic in here as well that was saying the office of national statistics like I say that six in ten COVID deaths overall were people with a disability. Has any other um, like news outlet said anything about it? Yeah, so it's all over the news yeah. yesterday. This is just one select article. Most of it is kind of the same, same quotes because it's come directly yeah. from the Department yeah. of Health. Yeah. So this article has been updated twice since it's been published with additional references and quotes. Mm-hmm. Um, one of the things that it does say um, that we've missed out is that... Um, Basically, fewer than two in five people with a learning disability label live until they're 65, mm. which is much less than the national average. So what what could be happening is this could be pointing out a problem that's across the board. But if you're not listened again, to, if you're not understood, then your healthcare mm. is going to be worse. Yeah, yeah, again, it's not just learning disability. Um, people with learning disabilities that can die before the age of 65. People who live bad lifestyles could, and you don't see them having DNRs put on them mm. like... Yeah. addicts and all that you don't see or them people who have mental health yeah, issues you don't see them being put on DNRs by by mm. the government it's in, yeah because what they seem to be suggesting as well is that yeah it is about that communication thing isn't it mm. so like that bit about noticing that something's wrong like a, maybe a carer noticing something's wrong yeah versus being written off as part of their behaviour mm. which is 
Interesting. So it's essentially you just don't listen to the symptoms that someone has. You just go, no. Oh, that's it's just behaviour. Well, don't listen to that person. That person yeah. could be trying to tell you and let you yeah. know. I'm yeah. Sure they are. Um, yeah. Abby. Yeah. So like my mum, my mum and me, we were actually talking about it last night when she got back from work, and it was really interesting because one thing that kept coming up when we were talking about is is mental capacity act. Yeah. And all that because it's obviously it, with if you have mental capacity, you have the right to make your own decisions. And what they're doing is they're not, they're basically throwing it away. They're not either A, assessing people for mental capacity, or B, asking them what they want. They're just basically putting it straight on there without asking, without assessing, and they're going through all the back routes and not... Yeah, totally. That's... that's a really interesting point about uh, yeah mental capacity acts. maybe mm. that's why like in other in other countries with my mum because she yeah yeah saying essentially people aren't, aren't what are you saying yeah people aren't um, being assessed for mental capacity and like they're just having decisions made for them and they they probably do have capacity yeah totally like yeah I mean from uh, you, you have to assume someone has mental capacity, capacity until, until Right. Yeah. Proven yeah. not to. Yeah. Um. Yeah. So. Yeah. Yeah. I was gonna say, is, is everyone on here familiar? Um, the virtual people. Are you familiar with like the Mental Capacity Act? Do you know what that is? Ian. Um. My support staff have sometimes have training on that. Yeah. Good. Good. Yeah. Do you know what it is though, Ian? So the Mental Capacity Act is a way of, uh, is, uh, I guess, something that makes people aware um, of when people can and should be making their own decisions. Everyone's entitled to make their own mistakes, and everyone's entitled to, to get things wrong and get things right. So you're in control of what you want to do. So oh, right. the, o- the, only, the only time yeah. when that really isn't the case is when you're a child, because then your parents have mental capacity yeah. kind of for you. Um, or if you demonstrate that you don't have mental capacity, which will be, you know, really extreme short-term memory loss. Yeah. Um, so it tends to be things where you can't remember. maybe... I say weigh up decisions, or maybe you can't justify it. Can you? Yeah. So you might, you might not, you might not speak. You might not be able to write. You might not be able to hear. You might not be able to see. But you still can have mental capacity. That those things don't necessarily impair your judgment or your capacity to make decisions, whether yeah. they're wrong or right. So the mental capacity and do not resuscitate, and the the legal link between the two. Is a, a patient must be involved in do not resuscitate decisions if there is a chance that CPR um, would be successful, provided also that the patient has mental capacity and that they're willing to discuss the matter. A patient is entitled to refuse involvement in making a do not resuscitate decision. So if you're really, really old and um, CPR is likely not to work, the decision to not do it could be made without your involvement because it's likely not to work. Right. So, 
I guess maybe that's the link. Um, and justification uh, for it. Uh, I, I guess. Um, I don't know. I don't know. Kia, what are you saying? Um, I'm saying, um, you know, like people, like if you don't really know how to stank, so people can't talk, because like he can't talk, because uh, you know why? Because you need like signs, when, like you know, you know what I mean? Like people can't talk, like saying, I'm just saying, I, I really don't know what to say. stuff and choosing and like well yeah helping people to make choices is helping to give people the information Mm. properly so they can understand it so like yeah so if it means signing or if it means something written down or if it means pictures or if it means something that's yeah part of the point is giving people the the information in a way that they can understand it and communicate back yeah so you still have a choice um yeah, and if, if people aren't doing that, they're sort of failing a bit. Taking people's lives. Yeah, sure. Yeah. Joe? I know yes. sometimes people can't talk. True. So, Keir, Joe's got a point. One thing I don't get, though, is like, you know, the doctors have oaths and stuff about, like, saving lives. Prolonging. Yeah. yeah. Surely isn't that more important than pulling the plug, in a way? So, uh, do not resuscitate order is meant to be uh, something that allows you to have a dignified death. No, but if it's their choice, should they be the people who should just say, like, resuscitate every time, even if the person, like, if the person hasn't said anything, and surely, because of this oath thing they've done, I just can't see doctors who have the choice and should val- who probably do value life because that's why they've gone into that job. Yeah. So I think that the oath is about prolonging life, isn't it, rather than prolonging quality of life. Yeah. That, that, I don't know. Is that right? I don't know. Um, Let's look at that. Yeah, again, if it's... DNRs per- are meant to be so that you can have a dignified death. So yeah. if it's going to prolong your suffering rather than prolong your life, that's when you should but have a DNR. But would that also count as attempt, uh, not attempted, assisted suicide? Because that's not what you're doing. You're just allowing people to die naturally rather than bring them back. Yeah. And so a DNR is normally um, to, to s- stop prolonged suffering. So mm. if you were to bring someone back, um, yeah. it doesn't there could be complications. Well again, it might just extend essentially yeah. their suffering. Yeah. 
Um, sorry, this is quite a hard topic. Yeah. And it's been well over okay. five minutes. So I'm, just, I'm going to read right. um, something from um, a... I guess uh, a new site um, specifically aimed at people with learning disability and autism labels and kind of like the social care people. Um, and then I think we'll call this done and then we'll move on to other sections. Yes, more fun stuff. More fun I stuff. Don't okay. be sad. So uh, the reason I'm reading no, this is because although this is obviously in, in the spotlight at the moment, this isn't the first time something like this yeah. has no. happened. No. Definitely not. So um, this paragraph kind of gives a bit of numbers um, about recently when this has been the case. So, so um, it's headed learning disabilities mortality review report. So overuse of DNRs, so do not resuscitate, for people with learning disabilities was also highlighted in 2019's English learning disabilities mortality review report which examines how people who have a learning disability have died in the last year. Obviously this is a medical thing, so it doesn't use the language that we would use, I'm just reading it as it is. Of the 1,875 deaths of adults reviewed in 2019, for whom the data was available about DNR decisions, 72% had such a decision. So 72% of the people that died that year had DNRs. Um, reviewers felt that of these, 70, of these only 78% were appropriate correctly completed and followed. So it means out of all those that have do not resuscitate, 22% of them were not ethical, legal, joint decisions, whatever. So that's like one in four people did not get resuscitated and that's not necessarily what they wanted. Of the reviews of deaths complete in 2019, 13 reviews noted that learning disabilities had been included as a reason for not resuscitating. <laughs> that's just unbelievable. But the report did note that 11 of the 13 people had died before May 20, May the 20th, 2019. Basically, basically, um, that's our government. The, it, before May 20, May the 20th, 2019, citing that learning disability or Down syndrome for a DNR was legal and okay. That got changed then. Why? I don't know. I want to talk to Boris. In 2019. In 2019. Before 2019. Before it was okay. the 20th of May 2019. Before, before COVID 2019. happened, in a way. Uh, so, a guy called Professor Stephen Powis, yes. um, a national medical director, sent a letter to senior. senior this is just a bunch of words I can't say. <laughs> clinicians reminding them that the terms of learning disability and Down syndrome should not be a reason for issuing a DNR decision. So it's something that people shouldn't have been doing anyway, but it's something that people were doing. Um, but there wasn't a specific law against it's it. It's like... I guess, the, I guess not. It's like in the very olden times. It doesn't necessarily say that it's now anyway. It's in the olden times. Like the Spartans got their... If their babies were ill, they just left them on the mountain to die. Oh, no, that... that. Yeah, that I know. That basically stopped in the 50s. Yeah, but in that's... No. Okay, well, I don't think... <laughs> well, 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 anyway, so let's, let's leave it on that note. So basically, this isn't the first time something like this has happened. We would like to be part of a bigger discussion about it. Um, the statistics are horrible. Um, it would be nice to see some positive statistics. Should we just talk about um, the differences between people that are labelled as disabled and people that are not labelled. We could do an interview with, like, try and do an interview with someone. Well, yeah, it'd be nice to have an interview with someone from Memcat, from The Guardian, from Spotlight, yeah. maybe with a local radio station, maybe a national radio station. It should from be the a national, if not international, conversation.
Ready? Yeah. Give us a jingle. You know what a jingle is? No. It's like a <laughs> it's like an introductory song. Hello, welcome to Joe's Happy Mukbang. Today I've got my chicken Caesar salad. That was beautiful. Thanks, Joe. <laughs> okay. Gonna do a bit of this um, is... ASMR. Oh, wait a minute. Let me get that. Yeah. <laughs> People are gonna love that. Okay, so this is episode one of Joe's Healthy Mukbang um, on our podcast, obviously in video form as well. Um, Joe, what is this section? What's what's a mukbang? <laughs> this like... is um, my uh, a mukbang is when people eat quite a lot, but we've changed it because we want to be healthy. Yeah. So I've got my chicken Caesar salad. Um, today I've got my normal bread, so I'm gluten-free intolerant, so I've got some gluten-free bread. Not like one of those normal people who like get their baguettes and cut it up. I, I, I just got some toast. Very good, very nice. So this section is a mukbang. Um, Joe's gonna basically eat and talk at the same time which is normally disgusting, but it's something that we've found it's apparently really popular on the internet since like 2010 or something. Yeah. So this is now part of it. This is our healthy eating Joe section. So Joe, who are you? I'm Joe. I'm part of the Turning Tides. Um, do supportive um, working here. And I like food. Okay. That's why I'm doing this. <laughs> so hopefully in this podcast, each section is going to be about five minutes long. So we only have to listen to and watch Joe eat for five minutes. <laughs> um, cool. Tell us about what you're eating then. Homemade, isn't it? So this is homemade. You can get some stuff like this from Tesco's, but they're not as good as homemade. No offence, Tesco. So um, everyone's chicken Caesar salad is different. With me on, I've got a bit of chicken and uh, some cheese, but this isn't any cheese. This is, I can't remember. Uh, Parmigiano. Parmigiano. Um, but you can put probably Parmesan cheese in. So, uh, Joe, in what year was Caesar salad invented? It was invented in 19... 19- 24. Oh, nice! I'm impressed. I was thinking I could just catch you off guard. Where? <laughs> Mexico. <laughs> it was. But was the guy Mexican? No, he was an Italian immigrant who had restaurants in America and in Mexico. He did. Yeah, nice. Very good. Very good. Um, okay. What used to be in uh, a Caesar salad, but now isn't? Anchovies. Oh, interesting. Good, good, good. What else? Um, Give you a clue. Food poisoning. Mm. Raw egg. Yeah, totally. Yeah, used to be raw egg. Because the Mexicans, no, not the Mexicans, the Italians like 
brought eggs because they want to get buff. And they also want to stay longer, like they want to live longer. So what's healthy about a Caesar salad then? Um, you've got your salad. What salad is that one? This is a Roman, Romaine. Yeah, Romaine lettuce, nice. Lettuce. Uh, Caesar salad is blamed for the increasing growing Romaine lettuce, single-handedly. You've got your protein and your chicken. Good. What's protein good for? Oh, I remember this. You've already said it. Muscles. Yeah, yeah, it's good for, it's what you need to grow your muscles. It's also part of what makes you feel full up. Mm. And then you've got some bread, and that's got like, I guess starch? Carbs, isn't it? Bread's, carbs, bread's, yeah. Carbs, so it's good for energy. Um, sort of a healthier than sugar, but still important And then energy. you've got your fats as well, in your um, cheese. Wicked. I think we should give things marks out of seven as well. So in in lunchtime meal land, seven being the highest score you can get, zero being the lowest score. How do you rate your Caesar salad? Mm. A four. A four? Yeah. Right in the middle. Because it could be better. What would make it better? Healthy things. Um, anchovies. Yeah. Yes, that would be nice. Um, because oily fish is really good for you. Yeah, omega-3. Good for your joints and stuff. And, um, but, um, no, I don't know. Maybe, maybe a bit of that parma, ham, hamness, or all that different types of ham that they put in this. Nice. Yeah. Right, let's give them a bit more ASMR. Is that the right acronym? I think so. You're in a bowl of salad. <laughs> you got a jingle for ending it as well. Hello and welcome back. For, end <laughs> for ending Never it. Never mind. I mean, goodbye everyone. And stay tuned for our next podcast when it comes out. I will make something nice. Yeah. I've chosen a poem that's all cool. about spring. Spring. Because March is spring. It's like the, the start of spring, I think. Um, okay. Okay. So it's called Today by Billy Collins. So, oh, Billy Collins. Ooh, Billy Collins. <laughs> so, who what, is Billy Collins? Well, he's he's a poet, um, and he wrote a song called uh, wrote a song wrote a poem called Today, and it's about spring. <laughs> and then I was wondering if we could write a short little poem about today and see if it would be any different. No, right. I don't like paperwork. <laughs> You don't have to write anything, Andrew. We can just <laughs> talk about it and write a poem collectively. Right, so this what is... What does that mean, collectively? All together. Yeah. So it, this is the poem. See what you think and what your favourite bit is. So it's Today by Billy Collins. If ever 
were a spring day so perfect, so uplifted by a warm intermittent breeze that made you want to throw open all the windows in the house and unlatch the door to the canary's cage. Indeed, rip the little door from its jam. A day when the cool brick paths and the garden bursting with ponies seemed so etched in sunlight that you felt like taking a hammer through the glass paperweight on the living room end table, releasing the inhabitants from their snow-covered cottage so they could walk out holding hands and squinting into this large dome of blue and white. Well, today was just that kind of day. Ooh. I'm just trying to get my head around the whole thing, Rod. <laughs> what do you think it's about? It's really cold outside. It's not a particularly spring, is it? <laughs> it's making me tired. I don't like this cold weather. <laughs> <laughs> I think that's kind of why I chose this one today as well, because it might try and remind us that there is spring is on its way. Because today's cold, isn't it? Yeah, I don't like freezing cold. cold. It's freezing cold. What's what's the weather been like today for you? Uh, has like minus two yeah. sometimes, minus yeah. one sometimes, minus three. Hmm. So if we had to, so this this poem then, what was it? This is about like basically the perfect spring day. What is a paperweight? What is a paperweight? It's to hold the, it's to hold papers with. Yeah. So it's almost like those, you know, snow globes. Yeah. Like the things that you shake and they've got the little people in them. Yeah. Snowing oh, inside. And you've got one of them. Do you? <laughs> That's cool. So this, this guy's saying it's such a sunny day outside that you want to take a hammer to the paperweight, smash it, open it up, let the little people inside the snow globe run out into the into the spring day. But look outside, there's no blue sky at all, it's all white. <laughs> that is true. I thought this might make us... So if we, if we were going to write one, what would about like today what would we what could we say tired because we don't like the walking around in the cold and it gets me tired <laughs> all right so tired walking around our our reworking then of the poem by billy collins so today by billy collins this is our version based on today why do we I... start with winter? Uh, Tired of walking in the cold, in the freezing cold bluster. Yeah. It makes you want to close all the windows and have hot soup. Fill the rabbit's hutch with lots of straw to snuggle up and sleep. Worried about losing teeth, biting cold frostbite. Keep the people in their snow globe. They might not come back again. Lost in the white dome outside, who invented winter? That sounds good, doesn't it? Yeah. Not bad. 
Hello and welcome to Mindfulness. This is a new section of the podcast that will be at the end of each podcast every month. I'm Abby. I'm My screen name is Major Tomlinson because it's cool and fun. Um, so this month we will be doing some breathing techniques to start off. So just as a basic introduction to mindfulness. So first we're going to start off by getting relaxed, getting in a comfortable position and we're going to close our eyes we're going to breathe in hold for a bit then breathe out we're just going to repeat that a couple of times so breathe in and out let's do it one more time and in and out and as you do this let your mind become blank let's breathe a couple more times in in one two three out in and out maybe imagine yourself in a cloud let your body become weightless you're going to breathe a couple more times in and out in and out we're just going to open our eyes gently so that's the introduction to breathing next week we hope to do some yoga we're going to end up having it with audio description and we're going to do it sat down so everyone can join in in the comfort of their home home from feeling comfortable. By the way, this will all be on YouTube, SoundCloud and Mixcloud. Check out our Instagram, our Facebook and all our other socials. Yeah. See you later. Thank you.